Board of Patrol Agent Kathleen Scudder, Class 322, and Acting Deputy of Law Enforcement Operations in Washington, D.C. And you're listening to the Old Patrol Headquarters Podcast. Ain't no patrol like the Old Patrol. Greetings and thank you for joining us for Part 2 of Episode 8 of the Old Patrol HQ Podcast. Our interview with Acting Deputy of Law Enforcement Ops, Kathleen Scudder. Now let's get to it. So you guys went to D.C. Yeah. And they took the discovery so, to D.C. And then, and then what? The 5th of May, Chief, um, I went over to uh, the Department of Homeland Security on detail um, as a CBP liaison to their operational planning and um, directorate. I'm not sure what, I don't even remember what they were called, ops, DHS ops at the time. Um, that was a really good experience and um, I think catapulted my career. Um, in the area of planning and integration and stuff like that, because from that time forward, that experience really um, pushed me into things that I probably wouldn't have been involved in uh, if I hadn't had that experience. I also, at that time, applied to the Naval Postgraduate School um, Center for Homeland Defense and Security Master's Degree Program and somehow got in uh, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, earned my master's degree uh, through that program. And then uh, from there, I went back out to the field uh, as an FOS in McAllen. Ah, okay. Okay. About what year was that? That was 2010. Okay. And so, yeah, because I, uh, you, you left, so you left DC in 2010, and then, um, I, so I left as well. Yeah. And yep. I've been there since 2008, and I went, and so then from, uh, in McAllen, from McAllen to where? McAllen to San Diego. So I had four jobs in four years in, in McAllen. Okay. <laughs> I was an FOS uh, at McAllen Station. Then I went up to Sector Intel as an SOS. Then I went up to uh, Sector as an A-Chief. And then uh, I, I started the um, McAllen Area Team for the South Texas Campaign, which is now uh, JTF West mm-hmm. under that umbrella. And then I went back to McAllen as a DPAC. Um, and that was probably one of the most challenging positions I've had in my career. Before, I was division chief in San Diego. And, 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 and why was that? Craziness. Uh, that was the, 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 the influx of the unaccompanied juveniles. Um, it was, we had just kind of what everyone was facing last year. McCallum was facing back in... 2013-14, overabundance of people, just people giving up, uh, diseases. Uh, my first day as a DPAC at McCallum Station, an OSHA investigator knocked on the front door before the front office was even open. Oh. And I thought, well, this is how this is going to go, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just went downhill from there. Oh, wow. Yeah, because we didn't see uh, in San Diego that kind of that level of uh, chaos until much later than than you guys did but you guys were already dealing with it yeah tech, south texas has been dealing with it since probably since 2010 it was busy then even yeah, and then yeah. it just got busier and busier well we heard that we we'd all hear the stories but we had no clue so you were you were there uh, basically managing yeah. all those things for a hand and, and so yeah. how, how did you find it i mean uh what was a typical day for you? I mean, how did you get how did you get up in the morning and you know still put the uniform on and go to work in that chaos? Well, I didn't sleep much um, <laughs> during that time. You know, I had trouble sleeping, and I was just very 
uh, you know, sector was always on our butts and all this pressure. And my PIC was very, um, I, he was he was scared. I think he, he was way out of his depth. Uh, I will not say his name, but that, that was my opinion at the time. And uh, I just, uh, you know, it was just a lot. And then, uh, you know, there was shootings and there were there were rockings and, you know, we had agents hurt and just uh, drownings and children, one-year-old children who were unaccompanied juveniles. And if you can imagine, finally, the DHS, we had visits like every week from either congressionals or DHS or CBP. Um, and finally, DHS declared a humanitarian um, emergency, and we got some FEMA support and also uh, funding to build the uh, CPC down there, the Centralized Processing Center, to help us expand uh, our ability to um, hold people and for longer term, and they'll say all the kind of things we shouldn't be doing because we're a short-term holding agency, right? Of course. Um, but when FEMA came, they brought with them doctors and that brought food contracts and I remember sitting in the conference room with the ladies from the front office building up basically um, go bags for, for the, the unaccompanied children and the, and the families of diapers and baby food and all those kinds of things that they didn't have with them um, and, and providing those to the as they left our, our care. It was, uh, like I said earlier, our job can change very quickly from a law enforcement function to a humanitarian function, uh, and, and we didn't ask for that, and most of us didn't sign up for it, yes. but uh, certainly the compassion exists within our agents to, to make that quick transition. Uh, you know, agents uh, have to perform a, uh, a lethal, uh, you know, uh, action, and then they move right into life-saving mode. Uh, you know, it's just it's the nature of being law enforcement. Uh, yeah, and you know what's so funny that you made that connection because I was thinking the same exact thing. How um, one minute in your in, in your career, you're uh, out there for the first time in the middle of the night, encountering 79 people, which went from arrest to humanitarian uh, rescue, and now you are uh, in McAllen, Texas, in the middle of the one of the biggest you know chaotic sto you know immigration storms, you know that's hit this country. And uh, now you're back to, yeah, yeah you know, the, that dynamic of enforcing the law and also beginning to provide humanitarian efforts, like you said. Yeah, it, it can get you after a while, too, you know, you just, it just didn't stop. And then uh, we made the, the choice to transfer to San Diego, hoping to get uh, a slower pace of life, and that did not work out. Well, because you brought him with you. I guess. I mean, you can blame us. Uh, you know, we, everywhere now we've we gone, we're busy in our whole career. Now we know what happened because it was just things were just fine till you came to San Diego. Yeah, we brought a drought too, apparently. <laughs> but you know what I find interesting uh, is that. It's easy for me, and I'm just as guilty as any other PA on the planet, right? And I, I, I'm on the ground going, what the hell is going on up there? You know, what are they thinking? Do they know what they're doing? Is there any kind of, you know, guidance or leadership? You know, seems like we're batting in midair. We're just, we're just flying by the seat of our pants. I don't think yeah. a lot of us have a clue the level of what you had to deal with and what you had to manage, you know, as a chief there in McAllen while the rest of the agents on the ground are like, well, you know, Going, what the heck's going on here? Yeah, one of my supervisors, so we would have, we went from, you know, one duty supervisor to having to assign four duty supervisors 
um, over over processing and and uh, just field management from the office. You know those types of things, taking the calls and all that. And one of the supervisors made a very very interesting analogy one day. He said, you know, it's like carrying a huge basket of laundry and a sock falls off and you're like, oh, I'll go back and get that. Uh, another sock falls off and you're like, oh, I'll go back and get that. But that's that was the day that everyone dealt with. Like things would fall off and you think, I'm going to have to go back and take care of that. Uh, but you may not forget to it because the next crisis happened, you know, the next yes. alien has to take it to the hospital or, or whatever. Or an agent has to be taken to the hospital, even even more concerning. Yes. Well, uh, it's amazing. It's just it's just amazing how much uh, a lot of us don't know sometimes of the workings on top, you know, and what's going on and what you guys have to deal with as well, you know. Um, so the next time I saw you after it was, uh, you know, crossing paths in D.C. was in San Diego. And so you said you came, you uh, transferred to San Diego uh, to uh, for a, um, a slower pace of life. You brought the chaos with you. And uh, what position did you end up taking in San Diego? So I ended up taking an assistant chief over the uh, labor employee relations. So uh, dealing with the union and discipline and, and those types of stuff. And that was an incredibly uh, valuable learning experience for me. Um, as a leader, as a manager, um, and just moving forward in the positions I held after that as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, no offense, but dealing with a union can be incredibly challenging. And at that time, there was a union president who just, just wanted to fight. Uh, he didn't want to come to resolution on anything. Mm -hmm. He just wanted to fight. So um, I didn't enjoy my most of my days, but I did learn a lot. Yeah. And... Uh, uh how was your, how, what was your progression in San Diego? So from there, I promoted to uh, the um, division chief over programs, <coughs> excuse me, and then I went out to Imperial Beach as a PIC, which was a great job, um, and then I went up to sector as the division chief over operations, um, and that's the position uh, I left as. Uh, well, I was acting deputy for like nine months, um, but... That was the end of my career in San Diego. But, uh, Imperial Beach was a great, great experience. I think the PIC job is probably one of the best jobs in the patrol. Um, you can have challenging uh, people that you work with and for, and, and they see a lot of turnover at the stations at the PIC level. Yes. Um, I, which I think is fortunate and unfortunate, depending on if your PIC is good or not. Yeah, um, because we always got the impression, you know, the thing about it is, is that a lot of times when you get the when when the troops on the ground get the impression that someone's just there to to do their time and move on, yeah, it kind of, and again, I, I could be mistaken, but I've had this feeling, and, and a lot of the guys that I've talked to had the same feeling that, you know, when, when someone just comes through, and uh, on their way somewhere else, it you know you don't you feel you know you don't feel like they're invested. You don't feel like they have their best interests at heart. That they're right. they're, they're not there to really you know uh, to really invest in you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. how it feels I, anyway. I, every position I've taken in the border patrol, there's never been like a next step in my mind at the time that I took the position. Mm -hmm. um, my objective is just to go in and 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 lead it better than I found it improve it while I'm there and, and I'm one of the watch commanders asked me so what are you going to change and it, it took me aback and I'm like uh, well, I don't know does anything need changing uh, you know that's kind of not 
not my I'm not I'm not here just to change things to change them. Like if there's stuff that needs to be worked on and honestly the previous PIC at, at Imperial Beach had it in, in pretty good shape. There wasn't, you know, a lot of issues or anything like that. So I got a pretty well functioning station. Well, we have a, you know, on on the ground, and maybe I shouldn't be uh, revealing this kind of stuff to you, you know, but uh, uh, we have this thing where the moment you hear the speech about how we're doing a great job and uh, th uh, we're not here to change anything, we're not here, you know, I'm just here to facilitate you guys, we yeah. know that the next day something major is going to change. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I didn't do that at, at, at Imperial Beach, but... Well, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that uh, you get used, you know, I, 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 in my entire career, it's it, it's kind of been true. It's been true. It's not, it hasn't been true 100% of the time, of course. But uh, uh, if I found it to be true recently, and, it, and it's so funny because once you get that speech and then the next day, boom, you know, uh, something something falls and you're like, okay, well, things are going to change. And, you know, and, and, and for it's to be expected. Right, it's to be expected that things flux and things change, and well, we, people have their own particularities as well. Correct, correct, and we're dealing with stuff we, we never had to deal with before. Like you were saying, right? We, 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 our facilities were meant to just house people long enough for us to process them, and that's it. And now we're doing food contracts, and we're doing hospital yeah. contracts, and we're doing, you know, now we're like a corrections facility, right? For the most part, in the in the caravan, we were babysitting, we were processing, and we were transporting. Uh, the majority of us, very few of us on the line actually doing enforcement work. Yeah, it, it was absolutely unprecedented, and I really hope we don't end up there again. Yes, yes. Um, uh, who knows? Who knows how it's going to happen? So um, tell me about uh, how was your interaction with your uh, fellow uh, female agents as far as management, as far as the troops on the ground? How did they see you? How did you, know, um, how did you interact? How, how, how did that work? So it always kind of um, takes me by surprise a little bit if, if a female approaches me and, and you know, they, uh, hey, you know, it's really great to have a female in charge and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I'm just an agent, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I get it. Um, and, and it's interesting. I just had a discussion with um, someone a couple steps ahead of me <laughs> a couple weeks ago. And they said, whether you like it or not, uh, you're a role model. Yes. Um, whether you intend to be or not, you are. Uh, especially a female who, um, you know, progresses to the levels that um, that you've progressed to is basically what they told me. And I yeah. said, you know, and I understand that. And therefore, I try to be uh, the best I can be. And um, I don't gossip, you know, I don't engage in that kind of stuff. I don't, if someone comes to me and says, hey, you know, have you ever heard about so-and-so? And we're like, you know what, I've never worked with them. I can't, I can't say, I don't know. Yeah, uh, and, and and this happens to men too. But I think um, people make it an opinion about a female they've never worked with uh, based on someone else's opinion or one incident, and then that that becomes your reputation among that circle. But my response to that is, and people will tell me things. I'm like, why do you tell me that? I don't want to know. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll say, but I've no, I don't even know that person. Like, I've literally never crossed paths with them, and they have an opinion about me. Uh, but my, my response to that is if they had worked with me, they probably would understand that that is not who or how I am, or, you know. And also, interestingly enough, I've had a couple guys that I've worked with over the years stand up for me in situations like that, which was really, really nice. Uh, you know, uh, yes. people don't, don't know who you're friends with or who you know, and the patrol, as big as it is, is actually pretty small. 
Um, and when you move around a lot like I have, you know a lot of people in a lot of different areas. And so it's nice to, it's nice to have people stand up for you. Yeah, and you know, my experience with you has always, I, I, my initial impression of you um, was that you are a guarded person. You do guard yourself. You do kind of keep yourself away from, uh, from that minutia for the most part. Is that, That's the impression I got initially. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been called a couple different things. Uh, aloof. Uh-huh. Uh, I had a chief tell me I seemed aloof uh, until you get to know me, uh, which I guess means you don't really care, but that's not true. I'm just, I'm just watching. Yes. And learning, you know, and, and figuring out who I can trust and who I can't. Unfortunately, that's, that's something you have to be careful of. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I've been told I have the best RBF uh, out there. And that is another wall. <laughs> what's what's RBF? Resting bitch face. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, <laughs> uh, I love hearing oh, you should smile more. You've got a great smile, and I think to myself, you should do something that makes me want to smile. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, you know, here's the thing, um, ma'am, is that with you, it's like it's the reluctant person that endears us the most. In other words, the ones that aren't trying to be. In other words, a lot of people talk that that talk. A lot of people put themselves out there as those things. I think, you know, I was uh, I'm reaching out to our female agents, particularly the uh, the uh, uh, senior ones back in the younger in the in the older sessions, so that I, I want to get I want to hear all how the patrol was back then. And uh, Lynn Underdown, who is a legend among female agents uh, throughout yeah. the, throughout the decades. She said, you know, right now, um, uh, you know, I got things going on, you know, talk to me later about it. But she says right away, she says one of the people you should talk to because she's a role model to the agents that are in the patrol right now, you know, today. And you're in there as well. Was your name was your name, Kathleen Scudder. She said you talk to her. And uh, I, you know, that's actually that's very humbling because we've only crossed paths maybe once or twice. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, just to to have someone like that. uh Thinks that I'm, you know, a role model is is uh, quite humbling. Well, and and the thing about it is that when she when she said it, I, you know, I hadn't thought of it before because my mind was set on trying to get the uh, the, the the most uh, senior agents back in the day, right? And right. it didn't occur to me. And and then I thought, you know what? Why not? And you have been an, an amazing supporter of uh, the Old Patrol HQ business. You know, this this is something I'm setting up for my retirement. I retire in March, mandatory. I wanted to do something as a labor of love and also something that would help me, you know, uh, get through the uh, retirement as well. And uh, you have been an, uh, an amazing supporter and encourager and customer of this business from the beginning. And so I thought, man, that'd be a great, I think that would be an amazing interview to do. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and I, def I think what you're doing is great. You know, you keep the humor out there. It doesn't get negative, um, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, I would like to give props to another Facebook page real quick, that, and I hope I don't get in trouble for this, <laughs> um, but, but there's a page called 10-8 Women of the yes. Border Patrol, yes. and uh, that page is nothing but supportive. Uh, you know, we went through the whole 10-15 thing and all that kind of stuff, and agents, like we said, are not happy unless they're unhappy, but uh, it's a bunch of women uh, that get on there, and we support each other. 
And, you know, people will laugh at that and say, oh, the girls, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But they don't understand what it's like unless you're in our shoes. So it's just great. You know, there are days when I can't listen to another male voice and have to mansplain one more thing. Mm-hmm. And I can go on that page and they get exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, my whole career, see, I've been the only female in the room more times than not. I don't even really notice it anymore. Yeah. Um, but, but there are days where you're just like done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, you know, we've worked hard to try to give uh, the female agents their due. We, we came out with the first uh, commemorative female uh, commemorative coin in the history of yeah. anybody, right? The patrol or anybody. And uh, we're very proud of that. And um, I'm trying to get myself, my, I'm trying to get myself to become the first male ever allowed onto that page as a, you yeah, know, no. I, it's not going to happen, but uh, no. it's a nice dream. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm, that's the goal I'm working towards and whatever happens along the way is fine. But uh, uh, I think, I, I think it's, it's great that the, that you, that you guys are doing that. And I like, uh, I, I have a few people, uh, uh, um, agents like yourself that uh, support old patrol and post will repost the stuff that I make specifically for our female agents they'll put it on there you know any kind of post especially during women's history month we did a lot and this month is the the 45th anniversary of right. the very first female agent coming into the patrol and uh uh you know it's one of those things where we we don't celebrate it enough that's for sure yeah i think it's important to recognize the milestones at some point in in our future at for those things not to be a big deal. Yes. Um, but but they still are, right? And I think we we can be proud of any kind of history or heritage or whatever, and it's important to note those things and not forget them. Yes. Agreed. And so tell me, um, you have a little bit of news for us because from what I understand, today is your last day after twenty four year of twenty four year career in the Border Patrol as a Border Patrol agent. That is correct. Um, it's a very uh, bittersweet feeling and kind of weird, and things have been crazy, and I thanked my staff for making my last couple of days in the Border Patrol as exciting as the first couple, mm-hmm. um, but I am um, advancing, I will say, to a position to be able to hopefully um, better influence CBP in supporting all of the operational components. So. I've been selected as the executive director uh, in operations support uh, over the planning announcement, planning analysis and requirements evaluation directorate uh, within CVP, and it is a civilian position. <clears throat> so I will be hanging up the badge and gun belt, uh, but uh, I think it's the right time for me to do that. Um, like you said, 24 years as a law enforcement officer, it's all I've ever known. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to have to learn how to talk to civilians because uh, I, I assume I can't speak to them <laughs> some of the ways that I talk to uh, agents. Yeah, uh, they, probably, they probably will not get my sarcasm as quickly. Probably not. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's very bittersweet for me. Um, but I think the most difficult thing is going to be having to pick out what outfit to wear in the morning. <laughs> Because I've worn a uniform for 24 years, and it's always been decided. There is no decision needed to be made. But um, I look at it as an opportunity for me to um, take my Border Patrol experience and better influence our parent agency, CBP, in in supporting uh, the operators. So um, I thought about, you know, gosh, I hope people aren't disappointed in me. 
for leaving the Border Patrol, but I'm still staying in the family, um, and I'll still always, obviously, bleed green. I mean, I can't. Absolutely. Half of my adult life, half of my entire life has been spent in the Border Patrol. Yes, yes. Uh, no, absolutely. Well, first of all, congratulations. I think it's 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 more than well deserved and earned, and I think uh, you know it's going to be great. And personally, I have a I have a suggestion for your wardrobe problems. Uh oh. Go get yourself a whole new wardrobe. Oh yeah, I've already started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can dress like a girl now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to be said about that for sure, but. Um, uh, you know what? That's the thing, right? And is uh, is one of the things that I have enjoyed hearing and have enjoyed seeing myself in the in, in the few glimpses that I've had in our interactions is the fact that you are always looking for that opportunity to go to move upwards and onwards, and always looking for opportunity to improve yourself, to better yourself, not allowing pretty much anything to get in your way, any man-made barriers, any uh, imagined or supposed barriers out there. You seem to maneuver them, have maneuvered them in a way that uh, didn't affect you. To, and, and, but on the same time, on the same token, you seem motivated to keep moving forward. Well, I will say this. Um, part of my RBF and my facade mm -hmm. is that I, I don't appear that things have affected me. But certainly they have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know how many more phone calls I could take in the middle of the night of, you know, an agent's death or, or an alien's death or something like that. And so that's part of moving on um, is getting, I think I'm at a point in my maturity as an adult that I just, I need to do something different. Um, and so the, the career will affect people. And I think this goes back to our prior discussion about knowing your people. Yes. Um, Along with that, you've got to recognize when you are just, uh, you know, using and abusing the people that are always willing to do the hard work. Uh, you know, we work, if you don't believe this or not, but we work a lot of long hours at headquarters trying to get things for the field and in position for the field so that you guys have, you know, uh, a better day and, and what you need out there and uh those long hours can be very very taxing over time and it's just the uh cumulative effect of being in positions where you have a lot of responsibility um and that weighs heavy on people i think whether they want to admit it or not and then you just keep going right because mm -hmm. that's what we do uh that's who we are um but to say that it hasn't affected i mean it definitely has but yes. i will i get it so you know um, if anyone ever needs anything from me, my email will stay the same, um, and I'm not, I'm not going too far. Right, right, not not at all. But um, again, just to you know, just to reiterate the fact that uh, you know, as a female agent, and again, uh, I, you know, uh, even saying it, it, it just feels wrong when talking to you about it. But uh, that's how a lot of people, you know, see themselves, uh, you know, in the patrol. You know they uh, they've they've gone through obstacles. They've they've been you know knocked down a bunch of times. They've had, they've experienced workplace issues and situations where they seemed insurmountable for our for our female agents. But um, uh, you know your story says you know you can overcome those things. You can move past them. You can succeed. You can you can move ahead and promote and uh, and uh, you know accomplish. All those things that you were able to accomplish, which again, you're the reluctant hero, you're the reluctant role model, but 
like it or not, like uh, like that person told you, you are going to be a strong role model uh, now and always, you know. And now that uh, we've taken the time to immortalize you in this podcast, <laughs> right? You're welcome. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, is there anything else you'd like to share with us or share with the podcast uh, before we close this uh, th- this interview? So I think just the one thing I would like to to leave everyone with is, uh, you know, stay safe, uh, stay strong. When you're tired, take a break. Mm -hmm. Um, The patrol is not going to implode if you take a week off or two. Um, Your priorities will shift, and this is specifically to the ladies uh, over time. My priorities have shifted uh, with different advancements and and in my career and experiences from one time, you know, uh, I... My, I missed a lot of firsts with my daughter uh, when she was young, but she doesn't remember that. Um, I remember it, and it, it hurts my heart a little bit. But as she got older and I advanced to positions where I had a little bit more control over my daily life, I was able to be there for her and present at all of her uh, events and things through high school that she remembers and, and will matter you know, going forward. And that's not to say that you have to be there for everything, but I would say be, care- be careful when you decide to take a promotion or a move that you understand and your family understands exactly what that means. Yeah. Um, but but please, ladies, continue to take those advancements and, and challenges because we need you. Amen to that. Amen to that. And we don't talk about those things here, but, you know, you did you accomplished all those things. And at the same time, you had your personal life going right. You had your own your same kind of struggles and situations and uh, issues and uh, a lot of stuff that you had to overcome personally to keep going. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody has their personal tragedies that you deal with through your life. And that's when you have to step back from the job. And thankfully, we have a lot of leadership these days who understand that and will yes. support you. Yeah. No, I, I have to agree with that. Well, uh, ma'am, it's been a pleasure and an honor to have this interview with you. And uh, uh, I'm grateful, especially uh, it, the timing of it, especially as well, since we caught you on the last day of being, like you said, you, 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 the last day, of, let's just say the last day of wearing the uniform because you'll always be a Border Patrol agent. You'll always bleed green. You'll always carry that with you. And... Um, and uh, that's something that nobody will ever be able to take away. Absolutely. I think that when I thought about it, uh, giving up my credentials is going to be the hardest thing. Uh, I earned that, dang it. Yes, yes, you uh, did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but thank you so much. I appreciate uh, the opportunity. And, and uh, certainly I'm humbled by uh, you thinking of me and, and the Thunderdown thinking of me. Um, but definitely anytime. Well, don't don't uh, hesitate to check in, and maybe we'll have a podcast in the future to see uh, to see how you change the world through that new position. Um, don't put that kind of pressure on me. Okay, well, you know, well, you know, well, I, you know, what's going to be pressure is actually writing out your title because it seems like it's about a mile long. Oh, it is a little bit uh, worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, God bless, Godspeed, and a happy Fourth of July to you. Thank you, and a happy Fourth to you as well. This concludes our interview with Border Patrol agent and acting deputy of law enforcement operations, Kathleen Scudder. A true inspiration not just to female agents, but to all agents in the patrol. For her strength of character and her passion and drive to accomplish her goals and do the job. A happy 45th anniversary to all our female agents who are true warriors and game changers and the patrol wouldn't be the same without you. 
Come browse through our Old Patrol HQ store at oldpatrolhq.bigcartel.com for some amazing products that you can wear proudly, honoring the history, heritage, and legacy of the patrol. With a few shenanigans along the way. If you listen on Apple or Google Podcasts, please give us a short but raving review and five stars so we can climb up the corporate food chain. Ain't no patrol like the Old Patrol. Honor first. Honor always.